This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Episode 217. Thomas Vanek joining us as he always does on Tuesday. And I have a big surprise for you guys today. No, I oh, just... <laughs> morning, gentlemen. What do you got? Sabertooth coming on today? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk Ryan Miller night one more time. <laughs> uh, anyway, what's up, Banner? Nothing. Doing great. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. You know what? Well, let's let's clear the air on something here. Uh, Jesse Pagula, the Pagula's daughter, the tennis player, professional yep. tennis player, actually having a an incredible season, wrote a, an article in the Players' Tribune and talked about her mother's condition where her status is now kind of like what's happened and where she's at and why she's been uh kind of out of the picture so everyone has known there's been a health concern and jesse pagula brought it to light i know craig read the article already this morning and craig i didn't know if you wanted to just kind of hop in here and let us know what you learned in the article yeah you know listen i mean uh i just i i really feel for jessica and and the entire family i mean just so much uh just so much to take in and so uh you know just emotional roller coaster for for the family and uh the nice thing is 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 trying i i think the article that jessica um pagula wanted to kind of get off her chest she wants people to know where they're at right now um to give a little bit of clarity to maybe a lot of people out there that are asking questions and and wondering you know what is going on and she just gave some clarity to um the family and how they're doing and and uh most importantly kim and how she's doing it seems like she's um got a long way to go but she's in a in a good spot and she's continuing to improve every single day and I think, um, you know, when you read it, it, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, 
a tough read, an emotional read. You know, you you have a loved one that uh, obviously is is going through some severe health uh, issues and hurdles. And uh, you know, from what I gather, she's she's getting better every single day, and that's the most important thing for for uh, you know Kim and and the family. So. Just all my uh, my thoughts. I, I you know listen. I, I most important thing is to uh, respect the privacy of of this family because um, you know they they're going through this together and it's none of our bloody business. And uh, you know I just hope them all the best and uh, you know support them. So there you go, Thomas. We just wanted to make sure that we mentioned that kind of. Yeah. No, I I actually uh, read it with my morning coffee as well and. Um... I thought it was really well done by by Jesse. And um, anytime you read something like that, it it's it hurts, right? I mean, and and I'm I'm just again from from the beginning, even before Kim had this, I was always amazed by Jesse to be so driven, right? I mean, when you're in a a family that's worth the amount of money they have, to not take the easy, so called easy way, and and go into the family business. And I know she's mentioned that in the article, you know, is it time for her to stop playing tennis and, and help out and do this? But, you know, I mean, what what a driven lady she is by being a top 10 player and on a pretty damn hard sport in tennis. And especially the last six months, what what, what she has gone through. So, um, well, yeah. I guess. So if you think back to June, there was all these rumors going around the Internet that she had passed away and she referenced the cardiac arrest that she went into in June of last year. Mm-hmm. And if you recall, one of her matches at Wimbledon was postponed due to weather, but I don't think there was any weather issues in London that day. So, I mean, I don't know if that's just a strange coincidence or what, but I mean, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. I, don't, I mean, we hear about players all the time. Their their parents passing away, you know, during the season. Then they come back to play. I mean, I, I don't. I've never had to deal with that. So, you know, I mean, right. it's, I I couldn't imagine having to drive through a a professional tennis career, wondering, you know, the status of your mother every single day. But yeah, those, there's, a lot, there's that's a lot of weight. That's that's a lot of weight for for a young woman, um, the entire family. But uh, Jessica still being in the public eye, and having mm-hmm. to train and do what she has to do to uh, to be successful. It, uh, I mean, there's tremendous amount of uh, um, pressure, and and uh, you know, she talked a little bit about anxiety and stuff like that. Uh, it, I'm sure it's very very uh, tough situation for 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 Jessica. So. Yeah, I think Rivs mentioned it, and, and and like I said before, the article was great, and you just hope that, you know, now it's it's out there. She gave some insight. Hopefully, they just you know leave it now within the family. You would hope that people don't be asking questions on the media side of of more details or this. I think uh, well, that has to be just, why she wrote it, right? Because I, I would it, uh, that, for sure. That's an easy publication. I don't know if a publication is the right word, but that's an easy statement for PSE to make on behalf of Terry, on behalf of the family and from the bills or whatever. That's an easy statement to make, but because Jesse's in the public eye and when she wins and loses a match, she has to answer any question that comes at her athletes are fair game. People want to know, did you lose the matches or something wrong with your mother? Is your mother not doing what, you know what I mean? Like, so I wonder if that's probably the reason why 
she went about it this way because this is her way to put it out to the masses to say like, Hey, leave me the fuck alone. I just want to focus on my mom and focus on tennis. hundred percent. Correct. Yep. And that's what she should be focused on. She shouldn't be having to answer these questions um, continuously about her family. It's none of anyone's business. Um, this is, this is a uh, you know, this is this is her statement, right? This is her uh, ability to you know to allow people to understand kind of a little bit more of what happened on those days, weeks, and and now we're into many months later. And people are still wanting to know and asking questions. This will clarify uh, a lot of what the family went through, what she went through personally, and um, you know, all 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 we need to as as media people, because we are media people now, it's to uh, you know say thank you to Jessica and the family for at least opening up uh, and and letting us know. But now it's okay. Now it's let them let them be. Let them work this out as a family. And um, the most positive thing that uh, that I read in the article is that uh, Kim um, every day seems to get a little bit better. And that's the, the most important thing. So I like those Player Tribune articles. They I, are I, good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, they're, listen, <laughs> they, they all, we all have shit going on. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone has shit. And, athletes have to be a little more guarded with their shit because it their performance all comes down to right down to how's your personal life you know like what kind of shit's bothering you and it it allows players a safe place to write in their own words i say players athletes or or people in the public eye even for that matter to just kind of to write what's on their mind maybe what they've dealt with and just kind of put it out there. And I've there's been a lot that I've read from the Maltby one to the, you know, I mean, I'll read this Jesse Pagula one, but I mean there's there's one about Mark Parrish and his uh yeah, his alcoholism mm-hmm. and talking about if I'm going to rehab, I'm going in drunk, you know, like yeah, very, very I'm, powerful. I'm 11 that years one. sober, guys, you know, like right. fuck, like there's you know, there's there's a reason for that. And you know, th- so these these articles. You don't necessarily even have to write an article as much as you just have to read an article, relate to it, and get some kind of help from it, you know, of of some and, and not selfishly feel better about it. Like that Mark Parrish article mm-hmm. made me feel very good about the fact that I never had to check into rehab. Mm-hmm. You know, like made me very comfortable and happy. I mean, I feel bad for him. I I would I know people in that situation. We had Brent Sopel on episode nine. If you're new to the show, go check it out. It's as deep as you can get amongst pro athletes. And, you know, like there's a lot of comfort, unfortunately, in knowing that there are other people dealing with the same shit you are. There's a lot of comfort in it on any level. Right. So I love these articles. Before we, before we move on, uh, I think the articles are so great. It's because it's not a Q and a, right. It's not in front of, a camera or not even off camera and answering questions and talking about it. I think these, these people who are doing these articles or these athletes, they're doing that at their own time and what they want to express as much as they want, as little they want. And I think it just comes out so much better than an, than an interview, you know? So that's why I think they're, they're always a good read. Well, their careers are in the public eye 
So I feel like we should help them heal in the public eye. And I, I like that they're comfortable. This is, we're all, we're all vulnerable, but we're yeah. all very guarded and protective of ourselves and, and our personal lives and our families. Professional athletes are human. Okay. We're good at what we do. We're good at what we did. We're all human. We all go through the same struggles that everybody else goes through. And I just read these, I read these player tribute, uh, articles and, um, you, a lot of them are, are when, um, players are, you know, athletes are going through their darkest times and whatever that is. And I think people out there that think that they're alone in their struggles, I think sometimes can read this and, um, say that they're not alone. Okay. And, you know, Mark Parrish and, and, and Brett Sopel, two players that we had mentioned, um, going through some very difficult times in their life and having to try and, um, get help and, and, and the path it took and all the struggles it took, um, you know, people that are reading these articles may be dealing with the same thing. And they know that they're not alone. There's there's others out there that are dealing with the same thing. And I think this uh, sometimes um, these real real articles can can help people and 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 help support you know their issues. And hopefully they can find some some way. Well, I'm, to, I'm telling to find you, help. I'm telling you firsthand that it that they do. I mean, they help me stay sober. You know, like they're little reminders as to why you're sober or why you're living a certain life. You know what I mean? Be, you know, because you have to, in order to stay on the straight and narrow. So they, they do help. They definitely do help. So good for Jesse Pagula. And we'll, we'll end this discussion on respect the privacy of the family. And, you know, we wish Kim Pagula uh, a full recovery. Gentlemen, uh, I listened on, was it last Friday or Thursday? Not the midterm grades, but the viewership you guys were talking about. And I think you guys missed the point. It's tough to find the games. I don't know when is TNT night, when is an ESPN, lots of game on ESPN plus. Like I'm constantly every night when I want to watch a game, I go on my phone and I have to see, okay, is this a TNT game? Is this an ESPN game? Do I have to go on ESPN plus? I think that's why viewership is down because you have so many platforms. You, you, there's no consistency of when, you know, I, and maybe there is, and I, I don't know it because I don't pay attention to it, but is it two, Is it every Tuesday that it's TNT? Is it every other Tuesday? Is it a Wednesday? When are the games on ESPN? Is there a certain, is it a Friday night? Well, let me ask you this, Vanna. So you have, uh, your oldest boy is 15 turning 16, right? Yeah. When they watch, when he watches NHL games, how does he watch it? Does he watch it on the TV or is he watching it on his phone in his room? Uh, well, both. I mean, both? most of the time it's, it's down okay. here when I have it on and he'll go yep. in his room and put it on, but it's, it's more of like, like you guys mentioned, I think it's more of a background yep. game. It's not a sit down. Like when I used to, and, a background and just watch game, the game, a background yes. game, but how is he watching it? Is he watching it? Does he go on your provider on your, you know, he has it into his phone or is he going on some streaming 
uh, place that's uh, apparently, uh, you know, not illegal, but it, I mean, you get free live games and kind of stuff like that. Yeah, no, no. He he uses my login for ESPN Plus and, yeah. you know, whatever the, the cable we have, if it is on TNT. But then again, it's it's not so much to kids because he'll, he'll have it on when I have it on and he sees it's a good game and he likes to watch Tage Thompson. But it's like you guys mentioned, he watches and then he's on his phone for the next five minutes, then he'll. I, I think up. you make an unbelievable point. And you're referencing uh, Friday's episode. It was the grades. It was just the first half of the grades. We had a, we had the conversation about it, about the ratings and everything and how viewership's down like a 103,000 mm-hmm. viewers per week and, or per, per game. Per game. Yeah. And when it was on NBCSM, Every Wednesday, you knew there were games on. Every Wednesday night, I knew it's like, and in Canada, Saturday night is hockey mm-hmm. night in Canada. And I also think Wednesday night is a hockey night in Canada, not hockey night in Canada broadcast maybe, but there are games on Wednesday nights. For some reason, I think so. At least there used to be. So it's absolutely right. I have no idea where to find a hockey game anymore. I mean, unless you have the NHL package, which I do, and you go to channel 700 on your thing, and it's whatever it is, and you can see, that's how I ended up watching the Rangers-Flames uh, game last night. But, because I don't think that was, I don't think that was on, on my on my cable. So, it's impossible to find games. The NHL is the worst advertised and hardest sport to find on TV. Like the NBA, I can find the NBA and I, I only watch NBA when my son is with me, but I can find NBA because I know exactly what days they're on. I know what channels they're on. They do a great, great job marketing it. The NHL, I think that's the point, Van. I think they are missing. It, the- it is. Yeah, I, 100%. I mean, they, and again, I think the platform that the NHL has now is great. Like TNT is awesome, I think, uh, as far as the, the you know, notoriety by the NBA on TNT. Now it's NHL. Shell on TNT, can they do better stuff within that? I think it's getting a little bit too gimmicky, but I think you have a good provider and then you have ESPN. But to me, I, I don't even know how many, I think I've watched maybe one game all year this year that was actually on ESPN, not ESPN Plus. So, and, and, you know, do do a majority of people have all ESPN Plus? I think people are all over nowadays that you don't have your basic you know, provide cable provider anymore. It's, there's so many streaming services, but again, our whole point is, or my whole point was to begin this was uh, the NHL has to do a better job of marketing, which nights are important and feature nights. And then you pick whatever the best game of that day is, or do a double header and make it, like I said, every Wednesday or every Tuesday. So there's uh, some type of pattern to it. I agree. Well, you talk about viewership. I think they need to work on the all-star game, the skills competition, <laughs> the entire all-star game package is an abs. I don't want to over swear and swear for the sake of swearing. Okay. Like I find I do that too much for the sake of emphasis of a point, but this is absolutely fucking embarrassing. Yeah, it wasn't, it, it was, it was in, a joke. In- Go ahead, Riffs. I know you got your you're blowing up over there. Well, River <laughs> blew up on Shred and Ragan this morning. I guess he went <laughs> off about the All Star Game. There's just there 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 are some things that I kind of liked, and there were things that I just do not like. Like I actually, okay, 
What was the dunk tank one where they're on the beach and they're, and they're, listen to me. Shooting I'm going to tell you surfboards. this. I actually, <laughs> listen to me. I actually liked it. I'm not even kidding you. I liked that one where these guys are out of the arena. They're wearing a little, they're wearing some flip flops and uh, shorts and a t shirt. You got Sidney Crosby sitting in the bloody like dunk tank. I'm sitting there going, Sidney Crosby is the guy that you're putting in the dunk tank. This is very impressive. I couldn't fucking believe that Sidney Crosby but, was sitting. But in were the dunk you tank. not, were you not somewhat entertained with watching these guys missile pucks? There's okay. only one thing I would have changed was Sidney Crosby in the dunk tank. Okay. I would have had Ovi shooting, not Rantman. True. Yeah. Like, but, uh, that, that's no, the only I'm going to tell you right now, Ovi should have been on the other side. That's the best part about it. He should have been on the other side, but I'm, I'm, I'm watching that. And I thought to me, I liked it because the guys were out of the rink. They had some fans there watching. They were cheering on. These guys are in the sun. That to me is something that hockey players would do all day long. Okay. Because it, it kind of brings you back in, into a small bubble of when you were a kid and you went and shot pucks in your backyard. Okay. And you shot puck after puck after puck after puck. And I look at these young guys, they're sitting there missling pucks at the, at the surfboards and dunking guys like big name guys in the league. And I thought that that was good because it was away from the rink. The stuff that happened in the rink is what is what I, I shake my head at. Like, listen, Sergey Ovechkin, he, he had himself a night. Okay. It was just too much. That they let him score. Get rid of. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The kids, would you? It, it was just far too much. Like, it's just such a, it's such a slow, the skills competition is such a slow, just terrible event. First of all, could you imagine if Kale McCarr got concussed, skating around, blowing a wheel and sliding into the boards? How about that one? That's a good look for the NHL. All right. So I went to one and I turned down, I think, four or five, maybe six other ones. One was my first one. The only one I went to was in Montreal. And it was it was cool because it's an all-star game. We got to see other stars and stuff. So the weekend itself for me as a young guy at the time was really, really cool because I got to see some older stars that I looked up to. But the other times I didn't want to go back because it was more annoying than rewarding 
because it's it was especially back then. I think now it's a little bit better because the last game is a Wednesday. They have a bye week either before or after. So there is some time. So that's why I think you see a lot of the stars now pulling out. But I think there needs to be a, just a change. Make it shorter, especially the skills. Why Why does it have to drag out for this long? I agree with Riffs. I actually like that outside shooting. But to yeah. me, that's not a that that should not be on a, a, a show it on TV for ten minutes, then they they show forty minutes something else, then they come back to it. Like those are events that Florida, I think, did a good job creating by bringing in you know Fort Lauderdale. This is what we can do here. But yeah. those should be events that guys when they fly in on a Thursday have them do it and then show just a couple of glimpses of it. Like it's a sidekick event off the actual All Star game. It shouldn't be included in the skills. That's just, you know, the the hometown team creating something else for fans before the skills competition takes place Friday night. As far as the skills competition to me, make it 90 minutes. 90 minutes, it's all you need. Keep the fastest skater because it's always been like that. Yep. Yep. Hard a shot, accuracy shooting, and then and finish with a, a with shootout. A deke, a deke, a shootout relay. I watched, I watched a shootout relay, Vanner. This was back when, uh, you know... Um, um, Peter Forsberg was in it and all this, and they were, they were flying, they were going in like they wanted to friggin' score. Okay. Right. They made but, their move and then they sprinted back because they had to be over the blue line before the next guy went. And these guys are highly competitive. We were all highly competitive. If you put High end, like, I mean, you get these men, even though they don't really want to be at the all-star game, just like you said, Vanner. Yep. If you, if you press the buttons on these guys the right way, their intensity level will, uh, will skyrocket on its own. And when you just have something that's fun and simple, like a breakaway relay, these guys are, are, are going to, are going to ramp things up. Okay. Well, just like I said, but but here's how I would do it because I remember when I went to it. I mean, I was at the rink for six hours, and you're sitting around in your gear for five hours. Guys are like, "This is," you know. I mean, they got their buyer steel bottles filled with beer and vodka and whatever, but no one wants to be there for five hours. Make it ninety minutes. Fastest skaters don't just have four guys do it. You know, we all know the Dylan Larkins, McDavid. You got to make them go. Pick the 10, 12, make 10, 12 guys do it and make it fun and, and tell them, hey, try hard. This is what's going to promote our game. Hard a shot. You can't tell me. Why is it only five or six guys going? Pick 12 guys and make it more, like I said, so less. Yeah, I want to see less... who has the weakest shot of the all How about Seth Jones? Yeah, Are you freaking kidding me? I bet I bet money on this guy. <laughs> it's the only way I was going to watch the friggin' skills competition. So I started betting on all these guys, Seth Jones, but like I could beat him right now at age 48. <laughs> I swear to God, you, I will. I swear to God on my youngest kid's head. Okay. That I will beat Seth Jones right now in a shooting competition. <laughs> Couldn't even believe how soft this shot was. Right, but accuracy shooting. Why, why am I not seeing a Leon Dreisaitl? Or did he do it and I missed him? I think he did do the accuracy shooting. And okay. I think it stunk to high hell. I think he was oh, the right. highest. Yeah, yeah. He Remember was, he, he had was, the highest, yeah, yeah, like 35 seconds it. to hit four targets? But, I'm like, what? You know, sometimes we apologize for players' performances and we don't know if they're hurt or not. We don't know how drunk some of these guys are either. But that's the whole point. But if you, if you tell these guys, hey, 
all we want you there is for 90 minutes and then then go for your dinners go go meet up with your buddies and your families i think guys would try a lot harder instead of being there for 5 hours and sitting there in the gear around and then they do one relay where they go in with sergey at 2 miles per hour yeah i think kids want to see them Krill, try uh Krill, uh kaprizov yeah. he pulled out um, of the he fastest. pulled out of all of them right he he said that he wasn't going to do any well, he, he was he was supposed to do the fastest skater, and somehow I think he made Fiala do it for him. <laughs> and then he just did the one little relay where they go in so slow. I think you do the fastest skater, hardest shot, accuracy, get more guys involved, tell them to try hard, and let's get out of here. And then you finish with a shootout, just like they have the 3v3 in your division. Two yeah. divisions go against each other, two against, and then, you know, final. And Who like won said, it last relay. year? Do you remember the fastest skater who won it last year? Was it yeah, not it was, Larkin? No, it was, uh, no, I think it was Jordan was, Cairo, wasn't it? Uh, it's, it was Dave not Larkin. Or Joy, it was a kid from St. Louis, super fast. I think it was Cairo. I think, no, that, that sounds, but uh, my memory isn't good. I didn't even know what I had for lunch yesterday, so I'm not Definitely sure. Was, it was I'm up. pretty sure it was Jordan Cairo last year, and McDavid was in the race. Yeah. Okay. The but, whole point is just get 10 to 12 guys in each, in and out, Tell them compete hard for 90 minutes and then you can have your fun. As far as the game itself, I don't know. I didn't watch the three on three. So, I mean, I've watched it in the past. So I, I can't tell you if it was fun this year or not. I just, I didn't watch it. Listen, I mean, f- most of those guys are going 50%. They're, most of them are probably hungover because they're, they're trying to have an experience and, and relax a little bit. Right. So they're, they're, uh, you know, probably got in one the night before and it's just, it's not, it's not a, a good hockey environment. It's just not, uh, it's not enjoyable to watch. And the other but problem, is- I'm going to tell you this, the, the, all the, the skills competition, I'm telling you, there's a few things that, that I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching that dunk tank competition. I enjoyed these guys just firing simple shots at, uh, at, uh, surfboards and trying to dunk, uh, you know, big, big, big name guys like Kale McCarr and, and Sidney Crosby. And I like something like that because it's away from the rink. It's away from the rink. Did you Fans see after right, Crosby? Right. But that, that, that should be a side event, right? Yeah, did you see yeah, that after yeah. Crosby got dunked? They're interviewing Rand, and there's Crosby still in the dunk tank, just kind of yeah, over. over the side of the thing, just like with a smile on his face. I'm like, this is the this is the face of the NHL for for twelve Ten years, yeah, you know, and and but and he's sitting in a dunk tank. <laughs> I, was, I think the other the other problem is, and I remember that's why I turned some of them down because I'm like, I feel like I should have been voted in and then you know two guys pull out and then they're like hey you you weren't you weren't called an all-star but because they're you know we we got to pick one from every team but now we want you to come and i'm like forget well, about it i'm not coming now and i'll like, say Rasmus this Dallin is the perfect example like is he not your top five all-star this year and he only went because tage couldn't go like that's yeah. that, that's not right to me yeah. that's the real issue how like they well, need to go back to a real game Get rid of this you know team. what needs to happen is Sidney Crosby should not be at the All Star game, and either said Alex Ovechkin. Well, they're and this there. Take, they're there well, this, because this takes look at, nothing away from these guys. They have given everything their time. These guys have been in the league for how long? Yeah, 16, why? 17 years. I think these guys have 
earned an opportunity just to take some time away. We do not need Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. If those guys were not at the all-star game, it wouldn't have been friggin' any skin off my ass who I don't care to see Alex Ovechkin, who clearly does I, not want to be there. I thought the, I, I see, I just I thought the interview and the conversation was an awesome, go and get me an awesome young kid from another team. No, you can, I, I, can I think you're wrong. Them right now. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. Yeah. As long as they're playing at a high level and they are, there's nothing All-Stars. to do with them playing at a high level. There's yes, more it does, because you want, to, you want the best players there. No, Craig, you can't just keep force feeding the new man. These are these guys, these are guys that kept this fucking league afloat for like, 10 years when the league was horseshit. I it guarantee was, you there was a ton or, of kids wearing Crosby and Ovechkin's jerseys. They they came there to see those there's guys. Massive Crosby Ovechkin demographic that you know, like as as we appeal to the young fans with the stupid dunk tank shit and all these other stupid drills. Like you're appealing to the masses guys like me and my age and, and this yeah. generation of fans, men and women who, who watched Crosby and Ovechkin go head to head for years in conference finals years on Wednesday night, rivalry night years in the playoffs. And Fucking guess what? Stale PD. It's stale. So, so, it, so it's, what, what young guy would I have replaced? Hold on one second. Man. I'll tell you what's stale. What was stale was PK Subban asking them to sign his fucking jersey. That was stale. <laughs> yeah. That was dog shit. And that was embarrassing for those two players to, to have that whole situation happen. The Sergei Ovechkin breakaway thing. We don't need that cutesy bullshit. But I'll tell you what was cool. Seeing the two of them connect in the three-on-three, Crosby to Ovechkin, and he, and he roofs it. Like, to me, that was pretty cool to see the two of them on the ice together. Yeah. And that might be the very last time that we ever get a chance to see that because they're playing at a high enough level where they both can be there and they're iconic players. That's like that's like having Gretzky and Lemieux on at the All-Star game on the same team together in, in 1997, two years before Gretzky retired in 99. Like, yeah. it's to me that... I, would, I would just, I would look for for players that are are top players in this league that are dynamic in their skill sets. They're already there. McDavid's there. Drysaddle's there. Who did, oh, that's the only the one. Who's, who's the Mac- young guy that you would replace the Crosby with? Like yeah. a Dylan uh, Cousins? Like a, Is that what like, you're talking about? No, no. Like a Kyle Connor. Okay. <laughs> you think so you tell me that we Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Just take, for, take, a, for one. Take, take a back seat. Kyle Connor has been an absolute awesome rock star goal scorer in this league. He's got 59 points in into the, in in the league in 52 games, 24 goals. What about William Nylander? William Nylander has 59 points, 28 goals. The guy is a wizard. Um, what about Braden Point? Was he at the All Star game? Still haven't named anybody more exciting to, for to me than Crosby or Ovechkin. So Brady like, Point is not someone that uh, that you think uh, deserves to be there. Ovi just became that, that the, my, Ovi just was, became the third. The third. What about Mika Zibanejad? Ovi just became the third, and maybe o- of of only three players to score eight hundred goals. But let's bring in what about Kyle Jasper Connor, Bratt, uh, Nylander, and Jesper Bratt, and let's bring those guys. Here, Luke Dubois. No. Here, let's let's bring Still in fucking Ovi so he can skate around with Sergi, his kid. Who's taking more limelight than the guys that are actually there? It's a yeah, joke, was, man. It was embarrassing. It was definitely that's, embarrassing. All those players you brought up, that's what I'm saying. The they need to expand it again because there's guys that are legit all-stars and they are not there because Tim of the Stutzel format. From Ottawa. This kid was drafted what? Second overall or third overall? The kid is a wizard. He's 20. 
what is he 20 years old right now? He's got 49 points in 46 games. Like Jasper Brad has had an unbelievable year. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mika Zibanejad. Um, I just so named those, William Nylander so, is one of the is one of the biggest markets in the game in Toronto. The people that watch this are going to be people that are from Toronto. So all those guys draw a better audience than Ovechkin and Crosby. So next year it's in Toronto. Do they, do they draw a bigger audience um, than a Crosby and an Ovechkin? Which, by the way, Van, they didn't have a choice but to name Toronto next year because the the NHL All Star Game is in such dire straits that they can't afford to try it in a in a in a, in a non real hockey market like Sunrise. I'm sure, the players love being in Sunrise. By the way, if you're going to go to an All Star Game, that's exactly where you want to be. Every single all star, every single all star. What do you like? You're going to put it in Toronto, and um, you're really going to have players. But it's not about the players. It doesn't matter. It's not about the players. It's about the fans. It is not about the players. Period. End of story. It's not. I think we've already established that with with the production that they put on. Well, yeah, but listen, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm going with this, you know, um, some, you know, there's just there. I, I just find, you know, to grow this game, continue to grow it like Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. I mean, if you're if you want to bring them there because of their faces, that's fine. But, um, you know, there's just there's some there's some younger players that I think need you need to promote. That's just that's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, Gary Bettman yeah. did a state of a state of the union type thing as he always does right before the All Star game. Sidney Crosby was there and was asked about the All Star or the uh, playoff format, Craig. So you might be curious to know or happy to hear that he wants to do a one eight versus what they're doing now. Hundred percent um, agree. Vanner, take it, take it, baby. No, it's the best thing that came out of the whole weekend. I think that that you know Sid, who we just said a big face of this of the league. Craig said he shouldn't have said this. It's one through eight, and it should be one through eight, and then it's every from second round. It should be reseeded. I would love to do a poll in the NHL. I would love to hear what the poll. If you poll every single person in the entire league and ask them how the playoff format should be done. I would love to see how it comes out because you guys know, you guys know that it would be overwhelming the one through eight, two to seven, six to right. I mean, it would be overwhelming. You play an entire season. You get the shit kicked out of you. You have multiple injuries, whether you're dealing with shoulders, neck, back, wrists, elbows, um, knees, hip flexors, you name it. You go through and you play through pain, discomfort for the greater good of your hockey team. And you're doing it because you're putting yourself in the best position possible to make the playoffs. You know, I I sit there and I think to myself, the Toronto Maple Leafs that have scratched and clawed and and continued to push, even without one of their top players in the last, you know, couple weeks in Austin Matthews, and they sit number four, okay? And then all of a sudden, someone's going to tell you after you're done an 82-game schedule and you've done all of this, 
that you're going to sit there and play the number six ranked team in Tampa Bay Lightning that's won two Stanley Cups, you know, a few years ago that still have all these elite top end players in their lineup. How is that fair? How is that fair in this league? Gary Bentman is sitting there wanting, you know, uh, divisional rivalries. Really? You think Winnipeg, no, Minnesota joke. is Winnipeg, Minnesota, a division rival? Is that a division rival? Because that's who would be playing right now. Okay, if they played, what about LA so and Las in terms Vegas? Of proximity, proximity for sure. But uh, it's an absolute joke. I mean, just we can go back to last year's playoff. I think that that uh, Leafs Lightning series in round one was one of the best series I watched all of the playoffs. Like that, that to me should be at least a second round, if not a, a conference, you know, final matchup. So it's, it's, I mean, it, like Riff said, if you, if you make a, a vote on players, it would be a hundred percent. Everyone would vote one through eight and then you reseed. And, and, and is that, simple. I just don't understand why it's so, so hard. I don't understand it's why hard. it's so hard. It, it, it really isn't that hard, right? Vanner. It's not hard at all, but in Boston. Should be playing number eight, and that's Pittsburgh. Carolina is going to play Washington Capitals. New Jersey Devils is going to play the Rangers. And you're going to have Toronto play Tampa Bay, which is basically what's happening right now. Right. No, it's, it's, I'm, again, I mean, we played in this format too. And it's, and again, I don't know why we didn't have more of a pushback as a PA, as a union. Like there's a, there is a committee board, right? Those players should be making it more vocal to the media, just like Sydney did, uh, that this is not right. This is dumb. This is stupid. I thought it was amazing that he said that because he's not a guy that really goes against the grain or speaks out against anything ever. Well, it, right. it shows how strongly he believes about something. When Sydney Crosby, who, I mean, this guy is like a freaking ghost away from the rank. You know nothing about him. You don't know if he's married, if he's got kids. You don't know anything about this guy. He is just, he is like, well, I don't think he he's got a rink. kids. Otherwise, he would have been next to Sergey on the ice. It's, it was Sergey, Sergey, <laughs> Sergey, and uh, yeah. Sergey and Sid's kid probably would have gone in two on one on, uh, uh, our, you know, Kale McCarr toe dragged him, walked him, and then goalie would have let him score. And yeah. we all would have been talking about how amazing it was. Yeah. But, you know, listen, I mean, uh, when he says something, when Sidney Crosby says something uh, along this magnitude, okay, I think you have to listen as as a league. I mean, if you, like I said before, if you were to do a poll, it would be a strong, strong, strong vote for the one through eight. This is, this is exceptional today. See, (laughs) PD, this is why, this is why. I need to start my own podcast with PD and we go after the whistle, but it's after Reve or as PD said, what did you want to call it? Lone rivets. <laughs> God, we need the people to vote. If they need a second pot called Lone rivets. We'll call, I think it, that would be we'll fantastic. It after, after the whistle. <laughs> Go Why ahead. Do two guys ahead, do this. Riz, Why do you two guys do this? Every podcast, we'll every take a single back podcast, it's ahead. the same thing. It's like you two guys are the two Muppets, uh, the two Muppet guys sitting up on the uh, in the in the balcony. Well, listen, you know, just listen. What we're watching is you say Bo Horvat's a lifer in Vancouver. Yeah, you know what happened there? I never got a response back. 
Van and then he said he had a, he went into the office, you believe, and they're going to trade him for pieces, but then come back in the summer. But then he gets a eight for eight and a half <laughs> without even playing a game. <laughs> he's never. Even, I he's never am. Even. Are you shocked? Are you shocked with that? Or do you no, think? Or did you think that, that was going to get traded? I know, but you, you, you can get traded, but then resign. I am one million percent shocked. Thomas, I don't know what it is. Like, okay, so I mean, what are you shocked about? That he resigned? That he signed there? Why? It's an I, eight-year deal. I, I just, I, I'm just shocked. I don't see. Listen, I don't see Long Island as a destination for a guy like Bo Horvat. I don't see. Long Island as a as a team that is going to be in the hunt for the next eight years. Um, I mean, I could drastically be wrong, but I I just don't see it. No, I, I, I never. I, I I just I don't know. I guess I guess I saw you turn down a fifty million dollar deal there, and I think why the fuck do players want to sign there? Like Tavares didn't want to go there. He he left there and left them high and dry for nothing. Oposo leaves. You leave. You know, way like- different now with that new building. It's it's a game changer. Living on Long Island is unbelievable. It's again, it's it's the same as we talk about Buffalo. Guys fly in, they only see what they see for 24 hours and leave. And they're like, I never want to play there. Long Island was the same. We stayed at that shitty hotel across the Coliseum and we're like, what is this place? But then when you actually live there and you get to know the area, it is just like Buffalo, an unbelievable place to live and to play. <laughs> the only the thing I remember about that hotel is Chris Drury saying to Doug, Doug McKenney, <laughs> Dougie, we got to do something about this rubber chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the food, the, the, the oh. broiled chicken. So oh, what, Vanner, what are you, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on the signing? You know, you can say you're surprised or not surprised. Is this the right number? And is this the right fit for, you know, when I, when I kind of did some research on the Islanders, like I think eight and a half, and it's just my opinion. I think eight and a half is, is somewhere in his ballpark. Okay. It might be a little bit high for me. I know he's produced, um, at an eight and a half plus million dollar player, but throughout his career, he's not an eight and a half million dollar player. That being said, when you look at the salary cap, and I don't know if you guys have gone to the Islanders, this is not a, this is not a terrible contract. These guys right now are in a, um, win now mode. You know, Matt, Matt Barzell, Anders, uh, Lee, Brock Nelson, Josh, uh, Bailey, uh, Kyle Parmari, um, JP Gabriel Pajot, like these guys have older players that are really good. And they're, I think they're hoping that Bo Horvat is a guy that can kind of take them over the top. hundred percent. I mean, I, I don't think, I think it's a great deal for the Islanders. Like I said, I'm a big Bo Horvat fan mainly because, you know, I played with him. So I, I see what kind of talent he is and what kind of person he is. The most surprising thing about that signing was to me, what did Vancouver offer him to not keep that person in-house in Vancouver to build around? Because obviously they they, they 
that new regime must have not thought very highly off of him because they were willing to give a JT Miller eight years at eight million. Yep. But they were not willing to resign their captain at eight and a half. So obviously there was some some dysfunction there. As far as the Islanders, I think it's a great piece. I mean, I I don't think they gave up that much to not give at up. all. They didn't like, give up much at all to get a, a a great player on the ice, but an awesome leader off the ice. So I think th- this move is a, a home run. And I guess opinion. I just look at it, Thomas, and I, I I don't think about a kid from London, Ontario, who played for the London Knights, who spent his entire career like he's he played for St. Thomas. That's where uh, Joe Thornton played. Like so, he's he's a Western Ontario boy, and. I guess, you know, he spent his entire career out west of Canada. And I guess I just don't see, I I don't understand a, a, a kid coming from that situation to the Islanders. I guess, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I assumed goes- Detroit. I assumed he would have wanted to try to get to Toronto. I mean. Mm-hmm. I get it, but it comes back to what I've you know, mentioned in, in pods before when we were talking Dylan Cousins contract. Sometimes it's hard to turn down a big contract like that and see what's out there in the summer for him. Because all these spots you're mentioning, how do you know that they will give you, you know, seven at nine to come close to the eight for eight and a half we just signed? How do you know that? Yeah. You don't know that. Just like a Dylan Cousins if they if the Buffalo Sabres are willing to give him the Tage Thompson deal at seven or seven, you can say that's a great deal. But if I'm cousins, I'm not taking that because the cap's going up and I want more. Well, it's gonna be tough for a young kid who's 22 to turn down that money when he's he has made money, but he hasn't made significant money. Okay, would so, you have would you have turned down the 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 Islanders offer if you hadn't received that offer sheet offer? Hundred percent. I've made money. I mean, and I've okay. said it. It's. It's. I was blessed by by what I made at that point. So I was. Was it so, easy so to turn when, that so offer down? Were, well, it wasn't. You, but I knew come the summertime, I'm not coming close to that contract. I knew it. But again, at the, to me, it wasn't about money anymore because it's. I've made my money. Yeah. I, I wanted, you know, I wanted to experience free agency. Looking back, it didn't turn out the way it did for me. But so what? Who cares? That's that's a choice I made, and I'm 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 happy I made it. So let me but ask at the you same this: time, if this building would have been sorry in okay. Island six seven years ago or whenever it was, 100 percent I would have stayed because that team reminded me, like I said before, my early years in Buffalo with with Tavares, with Okposo and Bailey, and all those. It was an awesome awesome team. But again, the, you can hear the noise within the locker room that they're moving to Brooklyn, and you can tell guys were not happy about it so, so that you, was the main main reason when you signed that offer sheet uh with edmonton did was there any part of you that was kind of like man i really hope it gets matched because i don't want to go to edmonton because edmonton wasn't a, a real destination point a place at that point in time well i, I was i hoping it get matched for sure because i loved the group i was at i loved what we were living at but at the same time, I'd never talked to Buffalo, and I've, I've mentioned it before on here. It's it's I actually chose Edmonton. I had four or five other teams with offer sheets, and Edmonton was in the Cup final the year before. 
you know, as a good team. I I played there when I was 14, just oh, about right. an yeah, hour outside. There, so, so Edmonton I was, didn't bother you. That's right. I, I grew remember. up. I grew up in the mountains back home. I'm I'm used to cold, so it was for me. It was all always all about hockey, not about destination. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, do you find that that mindset has changed um, today? Well, my like how many changed. how many how many players like you that were at a high level that were you know younger and want to go to Winnipeg, you know, that want to go to Edmonton, places like this. Yeah, for sure, it's changed because I mean you can you can see it changing. Those teams have to just like Buffalo, they have to do a great job either trading for players. Or drafting players, because yep. the big free agents aren't coming. I mean, look at the Edmonton Oilers; they got two of the best players in the world, and yes, they got a Hyman to get there, and and so on and so on. But why aren't? Why isn't the Corey Perry? Why is he signing a million bucks in Tampa, and not signing in Edmonton? And then and again, uh, Tampa is a top team, but. Maybe there's another veteran I can't think of. Why are they not able to get more those guys to play in Edmonton? Yeah, like Zach Bogosian. You know, he's making what eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean that's that's surprising, but he 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 feels that he's on a good team. He's supported. He's already made a lot of money throughout his his the course of his career. Corey Perry's the same thing. He made a ton of money in uh in anaheim and now he's choosing where he wants to play and florida number one is is uh the weather is great the team is very strong and and that's why they're taking ultimate hometown discounts right yes so so for teams like the oilers like the jets the buffalo sabers i strongly believe you gotta trade for good players and draft good players because free agency is not your ticket just like when when we played there, the Drurys and the Briers, those were trades. How long and does those it take? Those are the guys you need. How long does it take for for players in the league to change a mindset on a organization destination like Buffalo? If you go back, you know, hasn't made the playoffs in eleven years. The the organization years ago. Okay, when the team was, you know, back in 2005, six, six, seven, you know, the team was a destination. People wanted to go there because the Buffalo Sabres were so strong, so competitive. Um, and and now things things have changed in the league. How long is it going to take? Um, how long is it going to take before the mindset changes? How many years of success does the Buffalo Sabres team need to have before guys change their mindset? Even in those years, I don't think Buffalo was a destination just because we're good. I mean, and nowadays, I think it's it's even more harder because you can only sign a seven-year ticket as a free agent. So those, those top guys, they can get that same deal wherever they want. I mean, when Christian Ehrhoff signed with the Buffalo Sabres, well, the main reason he signed in Buffalo is because no one else was willing to give him 10 years. Teams were probably willing to give him seven years. And if if back then, if, if seven years was the limit, well, guess what? I don't think he would have been a Buffalo Sabre. So I, I don't think it, it, 
it's never the destination part of it. What I'm saying is, is never going to change. It doesn't matter how good your team is. You have to trade people. You have to draft people. And once they live there, they're going to be like, Hey, this place is good. The, the people are awesome. This place is, you know, the, and that's how you build a team and in, in a place like Buffalo, in my opinion. Are the Sabres in a position now to have to do something because the Islanders got better? Well, you know my answer. If you can improve your team, you do it. Do they have to do it? No, because obviously they have been playing good enough hockey with what they have. But I'm always in the mindset, if you can improve your team, just like the Islanders certainly improved their team by giving up a draft pick and this and signing this guy long-term, then you do it. I mean, now there's rumors that Dylan Larkin can't get a contract, and we all know that Iserman is pretty uh, straight line with his contracts like he was in Tampa. You either like it or you leave it, just like with Stamkos he did, and then they ended up coming to terms. I mean, that's a guy who might be out of there in the next four weeks, which would be surprising. You believe that, eh? You believe that Iserman would be that... that uh... I, I, stubborn is not the word I want to use, but I'll How use. How much is Larkin? What do you think he's asking for? That's a great like, question. what would be a contract that would make sense for a Dylan like Larkin type player? Plus. I think it starts with a nine. Where it ends, I don't know if it's right at nine, if it's nine five. That's kind of, I think, what, what he's asking for at an eight year term. And again, Iserman has shown in the past that, I mean, he, he, didn't um, Stamkos, didn't he talk to Montreal, Toronto, Detroit, and then ultimately? Hey, I'd decided... let him walk too. I'd let him walk too if he's adamant about a nine. I'd let him walk if the first number is an eight. I'd let him walk if, like, so how much are you willing? What did, to you, what did you just? What did you just say? <laughs> you would let him walk. He's, not an, eight, he's not an eight million dollar player. He's never put up eight million dollar numbers. Not even, not even fucking close. If Tage Thompson signed that deal. For seven point one million, I know they're different ages. I know he's a UFA. Who the fuck's going to pay this guy eight million? Nobody. Jeff Skinner got nine million when he scored forty. Dylan Larkin has is a thirty goal guy, maybe. This year he's in, in, on pace for the high twenties. You know he's on pace for seventy five points. It's not nine million just because you're. What happened with Bo Horvat Feeling is a love, message Pete. is a message sender. Yep. To Dylan Larkin, in my opinion. So what 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 what's the contract? What what is his contract that makes you makes you happy? You're not makes me happy. by the way. <clears throat> Pardon? You're telling me when he hits free agency, there's not one team that will pay him eight million. I'm saying as Steve Eiserman, I'm not paying him eight million. If another team wants to pay him eight million, then go get your eight plus million. But I'll give you seven point five. I'll give you seven point seven five. But I'm not going to eight. <laughs> <laughs> you no, if you're gonna be an 80 point guy, look, you're telling me Dylan Larkin shouldn't be in a position to to take a hometown discount. Grew up, played for played for Michigan, NTDP, University of Michigan, uh, Grand Rapids Griffins, Detroit Red Wings, born in Detroit. Like, yeah, take a fucking hometown discount. Show everybody do how know, badly. Do we you... know? Do we? Here's the thing, though. We don't know what he's getting offered. We, we, who knows? I mean, he's making six be... right now. Yeah, he's making six point one, and that's pretty goddamn fair. Like his salary right now is extremely fair for what he does 
statistically. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> so I can't deal, even right? I can't even dig in and argue with the PD. I'm looking at his stats can't. right now, and he has not produced a super high level of offense throughout his time. He's minus 84. Minus 84. He's been minus every year except his first year in the league. He was plus 11. And, you know, his the best year that he's had in the league has been 73 points, 32 goals, which was one hell of a year. And he's had a 31 goal, 69 points in 71 games. But the other the other seasons were not anywhere near that, Van. So I just I I look at his statistics and I'm like, he's under a point a game type player, and he's probably a a solid twenty five goal guy. So what does that equate to? Twenty five goals and seventy points. What does that equate to in this league? Seven million. But because he's captain, I'll give him seven point five. Okay. Now, how many how many years has Darlene played in the league? This is fifth. This is his Three. fifth. His first four years, was he a plus player? No. Was he a high producer? Yes. He was? Every year he was a high producer? Well, yeah. listen, I mean, his first year in the league when he was 18 years old, he had 44 points, nine goals. It's insane. Okay. So it's, it's the next million. year he had forty points in fifty nine games. He still had he still had twenty three games to go, and he had forty points. Let's just say he has another ten points. Even he's at fifty points as 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 a as a nineteen year old defenseman. That's insane. Okay. Now so this is he, now this is playing so, so, on a team that is absolutely awful. There you go. That was where I'm getting to. Okay. So the Detroit Red Wings for most of Larkin's career has been like the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Average goaltending, average D. This is the first year yeah. where they're kind of starting to build and getting more better players surrounding a Dylan Larkin. So sometimes I know we get caught up in these statistics and they are important. I'm not saying they aren't. If a guy can score 30 plus goals every year, close to 40, he's going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah, but you also have to look at the whole package of what 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 this guy brings. He has been on shitty teams for a long time. So, and again, we we don't know what he's asking. If I I would be hard pressed a Dylan Larkin if they offer him eight, starting with an eight, I think he would take it and stay in Detroit where he's born and raised and loved. Well, but I, who knows what what they're offering him. Listen, I mean, Bo Horvat, if you go back to Bo Horvat's statistics throughout his time, he's, Vanner, would you think that he would be like anywhere from a 50 to 60 point guy? Yeah. Well, that's what he is, right? A 50, 60 point guy. Right. I I mean, that's kind of what Bo Horvat has been throughout his career. Now he's played, what, nine years in the league. Um, Bo Horvat uh, had 52 points. Last year, 31 goals in 70 games. Then he had 39 points. Then he had 53 points, 61 points, 44 points, 52 points, 40 points. You get what I'm saying? Bo Horvat is not a point-producing freak. He is not putting up 80, 90 points a season. He's putting up 50, in between 50 and maybe 60 points. Do you know how many, you know how many times Bo Horvat's put up 60 points plus in his career? One. Once. Yeah. One time. 
Okay. So what I'm trying to say is Bo Horvat broke out in his 20, his 27 year old year. He's having a career year in 50 in, in 49 games. He has 31 goals and 54 points, but that's not what Bo Horvat is. He's going to come back to planet earth. Okay. He's making $8 million, eight and a half million dollars. Dylan Larkin is, is a very comparable type player to Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat. They're both captains. They're both have been in the league uh, a number of years. And I think Dylan Larkin is kind of like one of the faces of that franchise. And I think he's worth around eight and a half million dollars. Don't you think Eiserman has the biggest bargaining chip here because he knows that Larkin wants to be a Red Wing and the captain of the Red Wings? Like he's from Michigan, diehard Red Wings, whole house was Red Wings. I saw this feature on him like a few years ago. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Be a Red Wing. So, I mean, he's. But again, of... go ahead. Yes. No, I, I think you're right. He definitely, he knows that Dylan wants to stay there. 100% he does. So I would be, <laughs> you know, I'm sure they'll figure it out. But again, to back to PD's point about statistics and this and this, but then I, I hear you guys talk. Um, you guys, you know, will love this summer for that. Uh, what's his name? I even played with him in Columbus. He signed in Columbus. Good, good Branson, right? Yeah. Like I'll give him four million any day. Correct. Is that isn't that what you guys? Yep. Are, a type of player like that. Well, remember this though; it's not our money. So I mean. No, no, no. It's not. I, I understand, but again, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. You're paying him four million, not for statistics, right? You're paying him four million for the type of presence that yes. he brings on the ice, and that's the same thing. Larkin and Horvat, they might not put up those numbers, like a ninety-point guy or something, but they also bring intangibles that are very important to a winning team down the center ice position, which is, uh, as we all know, you need centers. Yep. You, you again, I think we're all so. Is, so, the is, there, thing, is but, there a but, is there a place out there, Vanner, that you think that Dylan Larkin um, may have the ability to to go to? Like, maybe he's the one standing pat. Like, Dylan Larkin has been the leading scorer of the team for years, but the team has stunk. Okay, Dylan Larkin's yeah. minus eighty four in the time that he's played in the NHL. Is there a point that Dylan Larkin, who, what is he, 26 years old, man? Yeah. How old is he? Like he's, he's, is, is there a, is there a point where he's looking at an opportunity to say, if you're not going to pay me, like really pay me, then I'm going to go and see what my worth is on the open market. And when you look at his worth, how many teams are going to want a player like Dylan Larkin? He won't do it, man. He's going to crumble. He's a Red Wing by heart. I'm sorry. It's he's he'll take what he's offered. I bet. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. I, I, I agree, Brips. I, I think I think you know I can see him even like in a Boston Bruins uniform. They got really. They, you they, could see they, Dylan they Larkin to. leaving the Red Wings. For sure. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's it's who are the it's two, a short career. Who are the it's two? A short uh, who are the two centermen in in, in Montreal? Nick Suzuki, Suzuki and. Exactly. Yeah. Montreal right now at his age would salivate over getting a, a, a player along that stature. Um, yep. You know, you can kind of go through the league and you can see fits in cities. What about Philadelphia? Do you think Philadelphia would love to get their hands on a Dylan Larkin? 
Like you can continue to go through the league and you can say, because he is not a, a nine, 10, $11 million guy, we're talking about an eight, eight and a half million dollar guy. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that would love nothing more to get their hands on, on Dylan Larkin. I think he'll, he'll exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, even the Columbus Blue Jackets, his best buddy, uh, Varensky plays there. I can see them making an, a run at a guy like Larkin. You know, they're, they're trying to get to that next level, obviously, by signing Goudreau. So the, the, he'll have, he'll have plenty, plenty of options coming. I don't know if, they want I don't a free know if the agency. money can work, but I know that, uh, Ons Kopitar is getting a little older in LA. Yeah, yeah, plenty of options. Be a long time centerman there in LA. I mean, how about how about Seattle Kraken? So Seattle Kraken sitting first in their division right now. When you sit there and you look at Seattle Kraken, they get no respect whatsoever. But when you look at their team, they're clearly doing something special um in the league. Okay. And I I I wonder to myself. When does Seattle start to pull the trigger on really making this team better? Are they going to stand pat? Like, you know, the Buffalo Sabres, Kevin Adams having a mindset of, we need to, you know, develop through our draft picks and stuff like that. Or, or is this a situation where, you know, we can provide a team that's highly competitive right now, a playoff team and, we can absolutely use a player of your stature. Very interesting. You know, there's a lot of teams in the league, I think, that are going to be very, and I mean very interested in Dylan Larkin if he comes on the market. I don't see him leaving. Was there anything else you guys wanted to discuss today before we got out of here? No, nope, all I, good. Yeah, I got to move on. Uh, I got after after the whistle right now. So here's what we'll prep for. Van, you and I, this will be the opening conversation for after, after the whistle. 91% of people skip the first slice of bread just because it's ugly. A lot of people skip yep. over that. Surprise is not higher. I thought that piece was just there to keep the, the other <laughs> bread like intact. <laughs> yeah, you thought it was a bookend? We're going to call that piece Petey. I actually, that <laughs> happens to be my favorite piece of bread in the whole. And you're the uh, only one. I'll I'll start saving hours and send it to you. I'll eat them stale. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.